Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Life of Riley. Today on the podcast, we're actually launching a new series, which I am so excited about. And let me just tell you, I think that this is going to end up being your guys' favorite series on the podcast. So essentially what we're going to be doing is we're going to be having a lawyer on, and she is going to be answering all of your questions about the law. I have so many. I know you guys have so many. And so um, as the series progresses, we're going to be able to take questions from you guys, and we're going to go over all kinds of different topics that I know you're just going to be fascinated by. So um, I'm going to be referring to this lawyer friend as an initial, J, and so you will hear that throughout the podcast, and you may refer to her as that. You may refer to her as that. What? You may refer to her as that. You may refer to her as that as well. Is that the sentence I'm trying to say? Sure, Riley. You we'll may, go with that. <laughs> you may also you may also refer to her as Jay, okay? All right. So let me give you a little bit of an introduction. So Jay is a private criminal defense attorney and she graduated from a T14 law school. And if you don't know what that means, it means she's really, 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 really smart. That is super hard to do. And she's going to be coming on the podcast, answering all of your questions about what's illegal, what's not, what is fact and what is fiction. And hey, we might even be debunking some of your favorite true crime shows. This is so interesting, you guys. You are really in for a treat. She is a real life Elle Woods, y'all, and we are lucky enough to have her here. So without further ado, Let's get started. Welcome to our new series on the life of Riley. I object. And we're back. Hi, Jay. Hi, Riley. I am so excited that you're here. I'm so happy to be here. Okay, so I have to give I have to give the listeners a bit of context. So I asked Jay to come on the podcast and kind of just like answer questions about like things that I thought were illegal. I didn't really know the punishments. I just wanted to know. And as we were talking about it, she was like, you know, I love your questions, but like there's there's really robust answers and you have like 20 questions here. And I feel like maybe if we space these out over the course of a couple episodes and I was like, oh my God, you're a genius. We're going to do a series. I'm locking you in. <laughs> I need to get her under contract. <laughs> and I even told her, I was like, Jay, you know, this is such a good idea. Do you want it to launch your own podcast? Because like, I will not be upset. I will help you launch your own. She's like, no, it's cool. You know, she's a busy lady. Okay. <laughs> she is not like me who has lots of free time to podcast. So um, she's so, so generous to be sharing her time and her talent. And today on the podcast, we are going to be discussing the topic of talking to police. Right. So just a little background information for you, Jay. My parents growing up always said they're like, hey, if you ever are in trouble or you're ever like being questioned by police, totally answer their questions. Just ask for an attorney to be present. Like even if you've done nothing wrong, completely innocent, whatever, you're completely uninvolved, just like have an attorney present. And I never really understood why. I Luckily, I've never had to uh, experience this in real life, but I never really understood why. So can I ask you questions about like what people should do when they're talking to the police. I would love that, Riley. So before we get started on the podcast, Jay, we need to do a very legal thing for a very legal episode. <laughs> Let's do the big D. Let's get a disclaimer in here. Hit us with that disclaimer. Thank you, Riley. So my disclaimer is this. 
This podcast is, well, this podcast series is not meant to be a substitute for legal advice. If you are in trouble, you need to consult with an attorney who is going to go over your specific case facts, who's going to tell you about your individual constitutional rights, who's going to uh, investigate the allegations, talk with the district attorney or the U.S. attorney. That's not what this is. We're going to be discussing legal issues at a very uh, general level. And I want to say that uh, I might use hypotheticals or examples, um, but please keep in mind that wherever you live might have variations of of what I'm talking about. Um, I'm not going to get into every single caveat with the examples I give because we will be here forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So please keep all that in mind. Don't get me disbarred. Don't get don't get a disbarred. Disclaimer to avoid the disbar. Am I right, Jay? You are right, Riley. <laughs> Honestly, it's like my body image podcast where I'm like giving advice on how to be healthy. Don't actually take my advice if you want to be healthy. Like get um, a nutritionist, a trainer, the whole nine. But um, I totally get it. Okay, great job. Good disclaimer. Let's get into it. Let me just start out by saying this, Jay. Something's happened. Ish has gone down. You're at the police station and they want to question you. Should you be talking to them? Without an attorney present? What what's what do we do? Yeah, so here's the thing. Regardless of whether or not you are guilty of what you've been accused of doing or you are 100% innocent, mm-hmm. the thing is, you could make a statement to the police that's going to clear everything up. Um, they let you go. All's good. Mm-hmm. Or you could potentially give them a statement that's going to allow them to put you in prison for the next uh, several years. So in that moment, you really need to take a step back, Mm -hmm. think, let me tell you why that that becomes an issue, Mm -hmm. even if you you think you're innocent of all wrongdoing. Right. Uh, I cannot tell you how many people come to me thinking that they've done nothing wrong Mm -hmm. after talking with them. I have to say, look, you know, you did break the law. May mm-hmm. not have thought you did, but you did. Yep. And uh, for vast majority of purposes, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Yes. Let me give you a common example. Um, you, not you, because you you don't do anything wrong. But <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about Lover Boy. Lover Boy yes. meets uh, this gorgeous girl at a party. They're oh my really God. vibing. He wants to. Is this me? <laughs> Take her home, wine and dine her that yes. night at yes. 2 a.m. Yep. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> they have a lovely night together. She goes home. He goes home. Uh, she tells her parents because, you know, they got that kind of relationship. Love that. Uh, <laughs> they got that Lorelai and Rory relationship. Yeah. Maybe she's thrilled, but uh, her parents aren't at, aren't as thrilled as she is. Yep. So uh, they call the police and report um, the, the incident. Uh-huh. And... Uh, <laughs> Police show up at Loverboy's door, mm-hmm. ask him some questions, say, look, there's been an allegation that you raped this girl. Mm-hmm. Loverboy says, hold up. We had consensual sex. Yep. It was not rape. Yep. Officer says, great. Thank you. Leaves. Next day, Loverboy gets arrested. Why does he get arrested? Because Loverboy is and 19 he and he had sex with a 16-year-old, yes. which under our wonderful California laws is illegal. But yeah, so there's a common situation that I come across um, in which somebody admits to conduct thinking that they are just clearing up a innocent mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And I will tell you, it's going to be very hard for an attorney to, to move past a confession like that. Totally. Um, obviously, there are things that a, an attorney can, can do to address issues in that, whether it's uh, Miranda or uh, something of that. Miranda rights, which mm-hmm. we will get into, I think, uh, yeah. in another episode. Oh, but, I'm so uh, excited. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, absent something like that, that confession is going to make it hard to defend that, yep. that individual. Mm-hmm. So that, that's an example of, of why I think it's important for people to be very careful about what they say to the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that an attorney can do if you decide to invoke that right to an attorney is an attorney can be with you mm-hmm. in any statement you want to make to the police. So they can kind of uh, get in there and, and field questions that they don't think you should be answering, mm-hmm. uh, discuss things with you before time so mm-hmm. they can tell you which... Uh, landmines to avoid yeah uh, i will say in one uh interrogation that i did with a client um and i was fairly confident my client hadn't done anything wrong yeah uh but the officer who was asking him questions was attempting to badger him over and over again yeah uh hoping that his story would change uh they've they've got a goal in mind i've got a goal in mind right both of us are, are doing our best to meet our goals he was yes. a very good officer uh, but the way he was questioning my client was such that my client started to get confused. Oh. So it came to a point where I just had to say, you know what? Ask and answered, move on. And yeah. the officer moved on. Yes, you did. Whereas- Shut it down, Jay. <laughs> Shut it down. You're such a BA. That is very hard for somebody to do when they're with an authority figure. Right. Even if they're confident in their answers and they're answering truthfully, it's not uncommon for clients to start to rethink reality, start to doubt themselves. Yes. Uh, and so it's, it is nice to have that other figure there that can step in. I'm the bad guy. I take the heat from the officer. It's right. not on you because that officer knows that I'm the difficult one, not you. Yes. So it just, it makes things a little bit easier in that sense. Totally. If this, if you're not a career criminal in that moment, you're going to be scared. Totally. Absolutely. Um, and so sometimes, as opposed to trying to figure out what to say and how to say it uh, in an articulate way, it's better just say, you know what, you know, I'm, I'm going to do what I can to help you, but I want an attorney first. Totally. Yes. And that's literally what my parents have always said to my brother and I is like, yeah, say say you want to help. Say you're ready to answer questions. Let me just get an attorney present before I do. And that can totally be the case. If you come to me, I know that I, I know your specific case facts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm confident that what you say is not going to get you in any more trouble. Mm-hmm. I might say, yeah, you know what? Let's go down to the police station and clear this up. Yeah. So just as a question, if you're, let's say you're in... Um, you're in a an interrogation with a client and a and a police officer. Can you stop? Like, do you can you actually stop a client from saying something, or would you, or is that not really what you're there for? Sometimes I do have to be careful about the the answers that mm-hmm. I'm soliciting. Um, but if I'm confident my client's being truthful and I'm able to tell my client, you know what, you got to be truthful with me right now. Mm-hmm. If you're not. You're the only one that's that's gonna suffer from this. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole nother thing of like what what if your client lies mm-hmm. to you about what they did? And so sometimes I have to take that risk and it's it's a calculated one. Yeah. Um and at the end of the day I have to say, look, you know, I'm basing my decision off what you're telling me. So yes. if you're lying to me, 
you're the only one who's gonna, who's gonna go down for totally. this, not me. Totally. So, yeah, you're not. That's so true. It, yeah. It's totally in their best interest to just be completely forthright with yeah. whatever. And the thing is, I'm not going to ask you questions I don't want the answer to. Yes. I'm just not. Yes. <laughs> so ideally, in a situation like that, I will have talked to my client beforehand mm-hmm. to to kind of suss out what what I can and, and can't uh, broach with the, the law enforcement officer. Right. Um, so once I have that conversation, I am on guard I know what what questions to field and which ones I don't want my client answering mm-hmm. um I won't always advise a client to make a statement okay so if if I just don't think there's anything for us to gain out of talking with law enforcement I'll just call law enforcement not myself I'll mm-hmm. say hey look uh, I, I appreciate you got a job to do but I've advised my client not to make any more statements got it I won't follow up with, if an arrest warrant does go out, mm-hmm. please contact my office so that my client can get his affairs in order and so that I can help him turn himself in. And I've never had any issue with, with law enforcement honoring that. If an right. arrest warrant does go out, they do contact me. Yeah. I'm able to tell my client so that he's not picked up at work. Right. Or, you know, while he's coaching his kid's soccer game. Totally. Totally. Um, but that's to say... Sometimes I will tell my client, I don't think you should make a statement. And that's not always because I think he's he's guilty or, or, or innocent. Yeah. That just means that I don't think there's anything for us to gain. Totally. Or I don't have enough information about what he's been charged with to know what kind of questions law enforcement's yes. going to be asking. I think that that's something, and literally my knowledge of the law comes from true crime documentaries <laughs> and things Law like and that. SVU. Law and order SVU. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So pardon my naivete on the subject, but I think one thing that stands out to me time and time again is like, it's not black and white of, did this person do it? Did they not? Here's how we proceed. I see time and time again, like people didn't do anything, but you still maybe enter a certain agreement because it's just going to end up being better in the long run. Or maybe you don't say anything, even though you're innocent, or maybe you do say something, even though you're guilty, whatever. I don't know. I don't know how it all works, but I just... I think that a lot of people maybe think it's cut and dry. Like, oh, if I didn't do anything, then why would I not just talk about everything freely with law enforcement and all parties involved? That might not be in your best interest, regardless of whether or not you did something. And I'll tell you something. Law enforcement does not need the entire picture to bring a case against you. The district attorney does not need every piece of the puzzle in its place before they file charges against you. Right. my experience most often all those pieces aren't there right and the criminal justice system's perspective is that putting all those pieces together is for a jury well i would imagine being on trial in and of itself there's a huge assumption that you've done it because like and i i would feel this i've never been on a jury but i would feel like no there's got to be something going on if you've made it this far and you're on trial like you you know so I feel like there's already and of course our justice system innocent until proven guilty but like if you're even on the stand being accused of a crime and you've made it to the point of a what's it called a hearing a jury a A jury trial a a trial that's what I'm looking for yeah you made it to the point of a trial there's probably a pretty strong assumption that at least something nefarious happened. And I can't, I don't know the specific site, but I have um, heard research to that effect. Yeah. That once you are at the jury trial, there is a strong presumption from those jurors that you are guilty because who gets that far right. in yeah. a criminal proceeding if they didn't do something they weren't supposed to have done? Yes. 
Now, you're right. The presumption is supposed to be that you were innocent until mm-hmm. proven guilty. Right. Uh, but, you know, reality is what it is. Right. And that is, I think, that jurors go into that box, first of all, annoyed that they got to spend uh, their next several days yes. on, on a jury. Yes. I think most people will tell you it's not their favorite thing to do. Right. Whether it's having to take off work or yeah. uh, find sitters for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people aren't thrilled to be on a jury. So they're right. already going in there annoyed that you've, you know, ruined their week. Yeah. And, it, yeah, I think when they do get there, they think that if you've gotten this far, then you must have done something. And I, I'm so sorry. I just have one. It's like a question. And then I'm going to get back to the, the right to an attorney thing because that's what we're talking about when talking to police. But when we talk about, like, there's already this assumption from the jury that they've probably done something, right? Like, maybe they didn't do exactly what they're being accused of, but something happened because they're here on trial. How often is it that you might be defending a client where, like, they absolutely did nothing wrong. And I don't mean absolutely as in like you're 100% sure. I just mean like they they did nothing wrong versus like they did something wrong, but not what they're actually being accused of. Yeah. So I will say that I have had clients where I was fairly certain they did nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. It's not really about that though. What it's about is making sure that the state of California is mm-hmm. held to the standard in which they have the burden of proving that my client is guilty. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they need to check all their boxes before they can expect a jury to put my client away. Totally. And it's not about whether or not my client is guilty or innocent. It's about whether or not they are doing their job. Did the police respect everybody's constitutional rights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they put the effort necessary into making sure that they excluded all other possibilities? Right. Did the district attorney follow all the rules and procedures that they are supposed to be following? Yeah. Did the jury... Uh, was the jury convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that my client did the conduct that he was accused of? Right. If all of those conditions aren't met, then that person should walk free. Right. Because that is how our criminal justice system was yes. created. And, and that's you, why we need you. Thank you, Riley. <laughs> that's why we need Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you don't like that, then you need to take it up with your your representatives yes. in, in government. Yes, because at this point, that is how our criminal justice system is set up. Mm-hmm. And those are the confines that we all need to work in. Yeah. We can't cut corners just because we know someone is guilty. Yes. Um, yes. Because those procedures were put in place with the idea that we will be protecting guilty people. Right. Um, so it's not about whether or not my client's guilty or innocent. It's about whether... The government is protecting everybody's rights in an investigation. So cool. I think that that's such a... I think that we forget that, you know, a criminal defense... And correct me if I'm wrong, or you will inevitably correct me because I'm probably wrong. (laughs) But, like, a criminal defense attorney's job is to fact check along the way and make sure that the burden of proof is on... That's. I mean, that's how our criminal justice system works. The burden of proof is on the... um, What's it called? The side that... um, the, like the um the prosecution, prosecution side the prosecution it's on the prosecution side it's not on the client side to like defend 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 and that's a fundamental difference between prosecution and defense it is not my job to figure out what the truth is yes. my only job is to protect my client 
from any constitutional violations and to yes. provide him with any defense that I think um, is is reasonable. Yes. It's not just about making sure that my client walks away with no convictions whatsoever. Right. Sometimes it's about showing the district and this is assuming that it gets to a point where the district attorney has uh the case in front of them whether they're deciding to file charges or they're deciding to make an offer Mm -hmm. sometimes my job is not about getting that dismissal Mm -hmm. sometimes it's about using mitigating evidence to show that the the punishment shouldn't be as severe as it normally would be got it and that comes into play a lot in situations um let me give you an example uh if a client of mine is accused of domestic violence mm-hmm. uh, and immediately enters therapy mm-hmm. and does whatever he or she can do to make sure something like that never happens again mm-hmm. that's something i want to show the district attorney mm-hmm. because that client is making a concerted effort to make sure that that doesn't happen again. He's right. making that effort to rehabilitate himself. Right. Clearly identifies it as a problem. Exactly. Has acknowledged there's a she's problem. working, yeah, towards yeah. fixing it. Has acknowledged there is a problem and has taken the steps to make sure it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. So, and I strongly believe that that is effectively what the criminal justice system is supposed to do. It is supposed to rehabilitate people such yes. that they don't make that mistake again. Mm-hmm. And if he's already mm-hmm. taking action to do that, mm-hmm. at that point, do we really need to put him in, in jail for the, the next right. couple months? Right. So sometimes my job is about getting that information to the district attorney, mm-hmm. uh, not so that I can get that dismissal, but so that I can get a more equitable uh, resolution right yes an equitable resolution how about <laughs> that sis okay jay before we go jay um i want to ask about does it ever feel like your job is at odds with like district attorney or law enforcement like is that is that ever a thing like what's that relationship like I don't feel that personally, mm-hmm. and I think this has a lot to do with playing sports as yeah. a kid. Uh, it's not Can't uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uncommon to you know go to a soccer game, play against the other team. Mm-hmm. You know you're at war during that game, but yeah. then after you all go out for ice cream afterward yes. together. Yes. So I think having grown up in, in that, having friends on opposing uh, teams, mm-hmm. it really conditioned me for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, being an attorney is stressful. Yeah. I know they are under very similar uh, amounts of stress yes. than I am under, uh, especially with district attorneys uh, at, during a trial and after a trial. Mm-hmm. There is a bonding experience mm-hmm. uh, during that time mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you, you're both attorneys. Uh, you're both going through the incredible stress of trial, yeah. knowing how much is on the line. For right. me, it's my client's life. Yes. For them, it's public safety. Yes. Uh, for both of us, there is a lot on the line. There is a lot of stress. There is a lot of proving to superiors that we can hold our own. Totally. So I definitely feel uh, friendly with district attorneys. Yes. And I, you know, that's. Not every district attorney is the same. There are some district attorneys I get along with better than others. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, there are more district attorneys I could go out with after court and get a beer with than there are that I never want to see again. Right, yeah. <laughs> 
Same is true with law enforcement. Mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time with law enforcement, whether Mm -hmm. it's sitting in court with bailiffs before everyone gets there Mm -hmm. or working with officers to go in and view evidence Mm -hmm. or working with officers to arrange um, a statement or provide them any kind of investigation that I've done Mm -hmm. or um, just working with them to do a a self-surrender or something like that. Right. So I... I definitely don't feel any sort of animosity to law enforcement. Yeah. I think they have a difficult job to do. Yeah. I will say, just like anybody else, some do it better than others. Right. Absolutely. And I feel it's my job to hold them to a high standard. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's how the system is set up. Yep. That's how um, it works. But yeah, it is... I would be derelict in my duty as a defense attorney if I didn't pursue cool every word. avenue for my client derelict i think that's the right word. what does that mean that's cool i didn't even know that that's a word like i would be um shirking my duty yeah okay like, i love that oh my god know. you're teaching me everything yeah, uh, no i love I'll it have to go google that no later. that's right i'm sure it's right i'll fact check it but i'm sure that's right and i i do want to say that law enforcement has a hard job and i right. think i realize that now more than ever being a criminal defense attorney totally like I said, there are mistakes that are made, but you know what? I make mistakes too. Yeah. No, you don't. I'm just kidding. Be <laughs> <laughs> really. But in spite of those mistakes, um, I I really feel that law enforcement um, has a job to do, and most of them take that job seriously and are mm-hmm. passionate about protecting uh, victims. Yeah. And I think that... I have nothing but respect for law enforcement. And I think totally. being in, in this job, I have recognized more so than I ever did before um, how hard their job is. Yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah, I definitely think that they they deserve respect. Mm-hmm. And you have to recognize that just like any other profession, there are going to be some who are better at their jobs than others. Yep. And that's not to say that we don't need to hold them accountable for mistakes yes. they make. If I make a mistake, I'm held accountable for it. Absolutely. Um, I potentially lose my job, potentially have my license practice pulled, yeah. potentially have to pay fines, totally go up against the, the state bar. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, if I make a mistake, I'm held accountable. And mm-hmm. I don't think that should be different for any other profession. Wow, Jay. Okay. So basically that was the most interesting conversation. That was so cool. I have so many like questions and thoughts and ideas to talk about for future episodes. And I'm so excited to record those. You guys, we're going to be talking about... We're going to be talking about marijuana. How about that, kids? Drugs. Drugs. We're going to talk about drugs on here. We're going to be talking about, like we talked about, sex and alcohol. We're going to be talking about, like, what is a DUI? What does that even mean? We're going to be talking about all kinds of things. And we are so lucky that Jay sat down with me today and chatted over some coffee. So thank you so much. I cannot thank you enough. This is so cool. And I hope that you guys... Tune in for our next episode of I Object, the I Object series here on the Life of Riley podcast. So another cool thing that we're going to be doing in future episodes is we're going to be taking your guys' questions, which is super exciting. But um, we have a quick note from Jay when you're asking questions and to our international listeners. So (laughs) I'm so excited. I was so excited to say international listeners. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Here we are again, y'all. Another disclaimer. Another big D. Lawyer. That's what this is all about. Lawyer. If you are sending in questions, please, please keep them general. No weird specific case facts. Don't be weird. Don't tell me your name. 
Don't tell me your occupation. Don't tell me where you live. Don't send nudes with it. Please. Please. No nudes. I beg you. No. (laughs) Keep it general. Keep it vague. We will try to get to all of your questions. But keep in mind, this podcast does not create a lawyer-client confidential relationship. Please keep your questions general and do not get yourself arrested by writing into the podcast asking me questions. If you write in and you out yourself to something, that is not my problem. I will have you arrested. <laughs> oh, and international listeners, Jay. Yes, international listeners. None of this probably applies to you, but thank you for listening. Um, if you're an international listener, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope it's interesting, but different rules apply. Probably none of these apply to you. So probably none of these rules apply. Please consult attorneys in your country. Well, thank you so much. Um, thank you, Jay. Thanks, guys. I can't wait to hear what your questions are. I know. I can't wait. So don't forget to leave a rating, a review, a comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you choose to listen. I really appreciate it. And we will catch you next time on... Do you want to say it? The Life of Riley. Riley.